Hello, and welcome to another episode of Toxic as Fuck, where we are creating conversations around toxicity, how it manifests, and what we are doing to heal. This episode is all about cutting toxic ties, numbing emotions, and intimacy. Enjoy! talking with Brie. Hi Brie. Hey. How are you today? I am well. I'm super excited to be on the show. (laughs) That's good. I'm really glad you're joining me today. Why don't you tell the listeners who you are and what it is that you do? Okay, so I am Brie Renee. I actually also have a podcast called the Love, Sex, and Magic Podcast. Um, Basically, on the podcast, we talk about um, sex, relationships, kink, Um, sex positivity, um, astrology, spirituality, all of how all of that kind of ties together um, and just kind of meet on my spiritual journey and, you know, connect them with people that are also on their own journeys and kind of talking about that stuff. Um, I mean, we read like certain signs for filth regularly. (laughs) (laughs) We talk shit about guys, like just a little bit of like all the things that I find myself talking to my friends about regularly. I kind of talk about on there. Um, I also myself am an astrologer. Um, so-called sex expert, depending on who you ask in my city. (laughs) Um, and I just do a lot as far as business-wise, I sell like metaphysical items, candles, crystals, um, sage, things like that. And I do a lot of, I don't want to say spiritual guidance because it's not really that. I do like some divination and kind of like a little bit of coaching based on that. So like some tarot, things like that. And, you know, helping people to rid themselves of of toxic energy hence me being here today (laughs) (laughs) I love it so um I'm like a little interested in the astrology thing can you kind of explain just like what astrology is so basically you know most people when they think astrology they think oh I'm gonna read my horoscope you know in the newspaper And honestly, there is so much more to it than that um, that I do. So there are certain people where when they read that newspaper horoscope, they're like, this doesn't apply to me. That's why astrology is BS. But if you think about it, astrology has been around for thousands and thousands of years. If that's not enough empirical evidence for you, then I don't know what to tell you. But astrology is basically... um, looking at using the placements of planets and stars and luminaries, which are like the sun, the moon, things like that, to kind of give you a look at what's going on in your life, basically. So for me, I look at an entire birth chart, which is, or it's called a natal chart or a birth chart. Basically, that's going to give you a snapshot of every planetary placement, certain constellations, the sun, the moon, all of those placements um, at the time of your birth. So like on my chart, I'm a Sagittarius. My birthday is November 26th. Shut um, up. My birthday is the 28th. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Sagging. Sag yes. Um, so I'm a Sagittarius. That's your sun sign. So the horoscopes and all that represent normally your sun sign. 
I'm also a Sagittarius rising, but I have a Scorpio moon. So that means the moon was in Scorpio at the exact moment that I was born. So I have all that um, extroversion and enthusiasm of a Sagittarius, but I also have that deep, dark, twisty mysteriousness of a Scorpio as well. So basically every planet can be like (laughs) every planet placement can be in a different sign and those kind of affect different aspects of your personality. And I mean, the stuff is deep. (laughs) If you're really like, I've, especially in my own chart, I use myself as my guinea pig to learn how to do everything um, and to learn how to interpret everything. And I get to read and stuff and I'm like, oh my God, that's me. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. I know. This is why I'm like this. Okay. Um, It's it's helped me to become very objective about things that pertain to myself. Um, But basically, astrology is just another way to kind of seek guidance um, based on the stars and the planets that have been around since before you were here and are probably going to still be around since after you're here. So why not kind of use that insight to your best ability? (laughs) I love that. So um, I was going to ask you, like, what kind of, like, thing do they say about Sagittarius that you're like, yep, that's me. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Everything. No. Um, (laughs) So basically, Sagittarius are known as the philosopher. They are the people that want to know not necessarily how, but why. So Sagittarius likes philosophy they like you know socratic circle like figure this like why did this happen Mm. um sagittarius can be kind of impulsive they can be kind of they're that person that's like i want to go to jamaica next weekend i'm gonna go to jamaica they're that person they're not really planning things they're not really big picture necessarily people they're subconsciously big picture but consciously let's do this now (laughs) if that makes sense um it's kind of like a like Sagittarius is mutable so they're very adaptable and flexible so they can be very spontaneous and very I mean it's a fire sign it's you know (laughs) nobody like we like Sagittarius want somebody that can roll with them. And that is usually another Sagittarius. <laughs> that can, they're the only people that can keep up with us. Um, like when I see things like that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. But then I also have a more in-depth look at my birth chart. So sometimes when I see stuff and I'm like, that doesn't really apply to me, but I know why it doesn't apply to me. And it's because of certain other aspects or placements in my chart. So kind of a it's fun for me because I'm like I love all the Sagittarius memes I love it (laughs) people like yes read us for filth because we are a mess for filth yes yes (laughs) we are a mess but when I think about it and I am probably biased but my favorite sign is Sagittarius I just I can't I couldn't imagine myself not being a Sagittarius and I couldn't imagine not wanting to be around Sagittarius if I wasn't a Sagittarius because we're optimistic, like annoyingly optimistic. Like I hate, like my friends always like, we're never going to get a good parking spot. And I'm like, we're going to get a great parking spot. What do you mean? (laughs) And then we end up getting a great parking spot, like minimal, tiny things like that. We are the biggest optimists. We have great attitudes about stuff like that. 
although we don't like for people to hold us accountable for the things that we do. <laughs> that, that's the thing for me. I don't like to be called out. I don't like to be held accountable for mm-hmm. stuff. I think um, when it comes down to it, if I was going to pick a sign to spend the rest of my life with, j- even just friendship or romantically or whatever, like if I was going to be stuck on an island with another sign, I would want to be stuck on an island with a Sagittarius woman. <laughs> Okay. Because I know we would get along perfectly fine. Because <laughs> I know that we would have that like, okay, we get it. We got each other. Like, right. <laughs> Girl, I know why you acting how down? you acting. Right. You want to burn that down? Let's go, let's go set that on fire. See what happens. Like we would get along <laughs> fine. <laughs> I love it because I feel the same way. And like, even though like I was floored when I found out people call us Sagittarius. And I was like, oh God. excuse you. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> excuse you. <laughs> and I think, um, especially when you get into um, fixed signs, which is like Capricorn, like they're very, Taurus, Capricorn, they're very, very stubborn. So it's kind of like when they get around us and we're kind of free spirit, go with the flow, you know, in the wind, um, that, that kind of like throws them off because they're like, oh no, you, you don't plan. You didn't. <laughs> you didn't think this through before you started doing it. You're not going to finish that. And they <laughs> You're can't You're not going to finish it. that? <laughs> yeah. Like you had this great idea and you started doing X, Y, Z, and now you're not going to do A to finish it. And we're like, no, <laughs> no, we're not. We're on, we're already on to plan eight. You're still on plan two because we didn't finish it. So I think um, we are the best. Every sign, especially Virgos need a Sagittarius in their life. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever people talk shit about Sagittarius, I'm just like, listen, that's either a Sagittarius man or that's some December Sagittarius. Leave yes. me out of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's definitely the men. The men give us a bad name. Honestly, and though. <laughs> I swear, the men give us a bad name and my sister is a December Sagittarius and I'd be like, girl, I don't know what's going on with you. <laughs> like, if you don't get your life please. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So today we're here to talk about spirituality, Mm -hmm. energy, vibes, when it comes to toxicity in relationships. And so I wanted to kind of have you walk me through the kind of spiritual exchange that happens during toxic relationships and how you define like toxicity in a relationship. Okay. For me, I do not consider myself a practitioner of any particular religion. I just kind of look at things like I have a relationship with God or the universe or source or whatever people want to call it. Um, I have a personal relationship with that. And I kind of do like everybody knows right from wrong. I kind of do the best I can. And I look at it from a karmic aspect as to would I want somebody to do this to me? No, I'm probably not going to do it. <laughs> mm. So for me, when I, when so, for me to consider something toxic, um, I look at it from an energetic standpoint of does this person, does this relationship with this person make me feel physically or mentally or emotionally drained? Do I gain anything positive from you know, maintaining this relationship or would I be better off not maintaining it or drawing certain boundaries. My main concern is how do I feel? And that's usually the first, like people that are just now learning about um, 
you know, the energy exchange that happens just from being around certain people. Like you ever had a job and every time you go in the building, you just feel like crap. Mm. It's because you hate your job. It's because there's a bunch of negative energy in there because there's people that have been there for 30 years and they're miserable and they regret not going elsewhere. And now they're stuck because they want to retire, stuff like that. And being an empath, which I am an empath, and that's just somebody that is very, very um, aware and susceptible to feeling the feelings of other people. I get that a lot. And I have to take measures to protect myself because of where I work. And, you know, some family members that I can't avoid that are negative or toxic and I have to protect myself with crystals and, you know, saging negative, negative energy away and affirmations, things like that to make sure that I am not being, or at least I'm not being affected so um, largely by them. So basically toxicity for me from the spiritual aspect is if I feel mentally, emotionally, physically drained by that person, which we would call them an energy vampire, because you do have people that are aware that you have good energy, that you're a higher vibrating person, and they want to be around you so that they can take that from you. And it's possible that they could be completely aware of that and are doing that on purpose, basically steal your juju or whatever. <laughs> so that's what it is for me in a nutshell. <laughs> A very big nutshell because that was a lot of words. <laughs> um, while you were talking, I'm like, I'm thinking of like people that I have like conversations with and I, I just feel so emotionally drained after mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't do this. And I have like family members, like I love, like I love my family, but there are members of my family that I can't, I cannot be around them because they have that negative energy, that toxic kind of, I'm miserable and I don't want to see you happy. So I'm going to say something negative because I see that you're happy. You have a, you know, your business and your podcast and all of this. So I'm going to say that I think that's stupid and that you just need to worry about your job. So mm-hmm. I have family members that are like that. And it, I mean, it'd be your, your kin that like puts you down the most. Like I go to vendor events and things like that and I invite them to come out. I'm like, they're like, well, I don't believe in what you do. You know, tar- tarot's the devil. And mm. um, I, I'm not buying those rocks and um, I'm not burning sage in my home, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's an event with multiple vendors. So you don't even technically have to come to my table. (laughs) Like I'm just inviting you to the event, but I just kind of have learned to love from a distance. And I've learned to also accept that people aren't going to accept me at the level I'm at because I'm no longer on their level. If that makes Mm. sense. Not that I'm any better than them, And not that I'm like the best person ever, but when they're on a, when they have a certain level of toxicity and a certain level of negative energy, when they see or feel energy that is higher vibrational than that, it makes them uncomfortable because then they're like, well, they can't see someone coming from the same circumstances as them rising above that to get out of that kind of cycle of toxicity where you kind of keep yourself down and negative and all of that they can't see themselves being able to rise above that so they definitely can't see someone else doing it let alone you you know the great niece or the the you know the nephew or the son or the person that used to be 
you know, the worst person ever. And now they've changed because they've had that epiphany, that life changing thing. That's like, I don't have to be around any of this. Why am I still around this? So I try to avoid those family members. If there is a situation where I have to go around them, I protect myself. And I, I'm not afraid to maintain my boundaries and tell them, look, I don't deal with you. So don't come over here. I have no, I will, t- I don't care. It might, you can be my great grandmother. You can be the matriarch or the patriarch of the family. And I will definitely let you know. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's been interesting, especially now that, you know, you're the child of the family until you're like 70, basically, when mm-hmm. you have living grandparents and great aunts and uncles and all of that. So enforcing boundaries with your elders especially if they themselves are toxic is the hard, like that is very hard because, you know, they beat into us, like respect your elders and that's your mom. So you gotta, no, I don't, (laughs) I don't gotta do anything. If mom is toxic, mom can go. (laughs) So, yeah. And I think a lot of people, especially here, I'm from Kentucky. So here in Kentucky, there is a ton of that, of, this person used to do this to me when I was younger. We're going to sweep that under the table. That's still your uncle. You still need to respect them. No, I don't. And I won't because he didn't respect me. Things like that. I have like my great aunt that I don't associate with. I have grandparents that I don't associate with. And it's because they can't rise above being toxic. And then I think a lot of it also is people don't know that they are toxic. Mm. They, they're not aware. They don't know that them um, projecting their negative self-talk on you is a toxic trait. But for me, you feel like because you failed at something that I'm now excelling at, that you need to put me down to make yourself feel better. To me, that's a toxic behavior. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you like do regularly. So you do that to me probably more than once. I'm probably never going to speak to you again. (laughs) Whereas they feel like, well, I'm your grandpa, I'm your uncle, I'm your aunt or whatever. You're obligated to talk to me. No, I'm not. <laughs> You'll learn that real quick. I, you, I never speak to you. I see you at the grocery store and keep on walking. <laughs> so I think people need to learn how to decipher between like need and want. How to mm-hmm. decipher between like, do I need this relationship? Is this relationship benefiting me? Or do I just want to have this relationship? Or do I feel obligated to have this relationship because they're a family member? Um, People need to like decide, do I really need you in my life? Because if I do feel like I need you in my life, what are you bringing to the table? And what am I bringing to the table? And is this a positive exchange of energies, of ideas, of, you know, are we both mutually, are we mutually beneficial to each other? And not even necessarily like, I buy you this, you buy me this, but more of a, I can talk to you about A, B, and C, and you can talk to me about D, E, and F. So that kind of makes it a worthwhile relationship to have, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. I am all about reciprocity. And I feel like when that's not there, like there's no chance for that relationship to kind of flourish because somebody will always be on the lower end of Exactly. And to me, if there's if it's a relationship that doesn't have some form of reciprocity, um, even if it's just ex- expressing love for each other, then to me that's toxic mm. because I'm now giving you eighty percent and you're giving me twenty percent. So 
I'm ex expending more energy on you than you're expending on me, which no, it's not going to be even all of the time, but I need to know that I'm here for you. If something ever were to happen, will you be there for me too? And if you can't, if you got stuff going, like if there's circumstances preventing that, understandable. But if it's just that way, because that's how you are, then I could consider you a toxic person. So. Absolutely. And I feel like we get caught up in like, this is my family member or this is my mm -hmm. day one friend. And it's like, but no, that means nothing. If you're not bringing something to the table, if you're not... Right. Uh, if it's not a give and take, then what are we doing? Because titles mean nothing at the end of the day. Exactly. And people think, um, oh, that's my day one. But y'all met when y'all were eight. You're both 30 now. Mm. You're not the same person. People grow apart. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because I honestly truly believe that the universe or God um, puts people in your life to teach you certain lessons. And once you learn that lesson, they may not need to be around anymore. So I have friends that I was cool with when I was in, you know, fifth grade. And then we stopped talking in high school. I have friends that I got cool with in high school and we stopped talking recently. Um, but then I have friends that I've been friends with since middle school. And it's because in our relationship, there is a constant um, exchange uh, and a reciprocity in like a, hey girl, I'm doing this event. Do you want me to send you the email to the link? you know, so you can sign up the VIN there too, or there's encouragement, there's let's plan this trip because we all are going to be going crazy at our jobs by then and we're going to need that break. There's that. Whereas the other friendships kind of fell off with that and it was to the point where I felt like, man, I don't feel like talking to her, but I told her I was going to call her. And I don't mm -hmm. feel like you should ever feel like that in your relationships with anyone. So, well, Okay, so how do I you... I think I answered your question. <laughs> you did, and I love, like, uh, you'll, you'll see. I love going off track and, like, just spiraling into something else. So <laughs> you done got me started, because I uh -oh. got some questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how do you, like, like, move forward from those feelings? Because I, I've dealt with it personally, Mm -hmm. And I see people all the time that are like, well, yeah, I fell out with this person because of whatever reason, or, you know, um, I've been friends with this person for 10 years and now we do not speak anymore. And it's like, I have like, I feel like my problem is like attachment and like feeling that mm -hmm. void of like, even though they were mm -hmm. toxic and even though I recognize that, and even though it's like, okay, moving on, like, Th this uh, this relationship is no longer serving me or this other person. Mm -hmm. There's still that void. There's still that hurt. There's still that, uh, I wish I could tell them this thing or whatever. Right. Um, the way I look at it, and I think I always have like an odd way of looking at things because I'm able to be kind of objective about stuff like that. Um, allow yourself to grieve that relationship because it was a part of your life but set a time limit for yourself. It's not a like thing where you're going to be like, society says I should be upset about this for three days and get over it. It's more of a, okay, I know myself. I know it takes X amount of time for me to get through the thought process of this. So I'm going to give myself three weeks to be upset and feel what I need to feel. And then I'm going to move past that because even though you've technically cut that toxic person out of your life, the fact that you don't allow yourself to grieve the loss of that relationship is going to continue to be toxic. So mm -hmm. you're still going to have a toxic aspect 
from that relationship. Always allow your, like your feelings are valid and don't ever like think that, oh, that person was, you know, bad to me. That was a toxic thing. And think that it's wrong for you to grieve that relationship because whether it was toxic or not, it was a part of your life. And the fact that you're upset about it lets you know that it was an important part of your life, which means that grief for that is normal. Um, So of course, feel your feelings, grieve it, but tell yourself, look, I can't stay upset about this forever. I got shit to do. (laughs) I got work. I got kid. I got whatever to do. I got, but give yourself time and you'll be able, I think based on like the length of the friendship and how deep your feelings were for that person all kind of come into play when you're trying to decide, okay, I, I feel bad, but I can't be like this forever. So I'm going to take a week to, you know, kind of process all of these feelings and emotions and all of that, and then kind of build yourself back up from there. So if you were lost or cut off a friend because they were toxic by not supporting you, in your endeavors and talking down to you and trying to convince you not to follow your freaking dreams, which I've had a friend like that, that I later found out ended up trying to do exactly what I'm doing. And the reason that they were telling me not to do it is because they wanted to do it. And I'm like, there's enough of this out there for everybody. Like (laughs) relax. (laughs) Um, You kind of, I don't know how to explain. Like my process for this is like feel the feels think about the feels and then build myself back up by doing, you know, daily affirmations, you know, Mm. even if, if you get an app and the app gives you affirmations to do Um, just things like that. I always, always look at it like, okay, that person was here for their season. Their season is over. Um, I've learned the lesson I was meant to learn from that relationship. And now I'm going to take that lesson put it in my little skill set so that if I meet someone new that I decide to pursue a friendship, romantic relationship, whatever ship with, I now have that skill that I learned from this person to put forth in this new relationship, if that makes sense. (laughs) I love that. So kind of like you have this knowledge, you have this um, lesson and now not just experiencing that lesson but like carrying that with you forward and knowing you know when you when you know better you do better yep exactly so how do you kind of like go about cutting ties with a toxic person um i'm a very visual person and like i said there's always a spiritual or energetic aspect to everything i do Um, once i realize that i need to cut ties with that person i have over the years, especially, but I'm a Sagittarius. I have no problem saying exactly what's on my mind. Mm. I think over the years, I've had to learn how to say those things with tact, um, not necessarily to spare other people's feelings, but to make the transition easier for everybody, which you're not obligated to do that. I want to make sure that um, I'm able to communicate exactly what I'm feeling, why I feel this way, and why I cannot any cannot be your friend any longer or cannot be in your life in that way any longer. Um, so I will talk to that person. And this is pending that you're dealing with someone reasonable. There's always different types of situations that are toxic to the point where you can't even reason with that person, then ghost them. <laughs> 
But if it's somebody I can talk to, like breaking up with a boyfriend or something, look, you know, I no longer want to be in this relationship. Here's why. ABC is why. Um, I really wish you the best. And then after that, if he wants to talk, fine. I'll allow him to say what he has to say. But if I've already made up my mind, you know how we are. We'll be mm. like, all right, bye. <laughs> like, because, you know, I'll go somebody in a hot second. But it depends on what level of the relationship we're on. Um, I like to do is um, like a tie cutting. It's a spiritual thing, like a tie cutting ceremony um, where basically there's different ways to do it. And you can like literally cut a string that's tied between two things to visualize yourself cutting that tie between you and the other person. You can burn the string with a candle that's tied between two things. There's different things that you can do. Even if I'm just saying to myself, I no longer, you know, letting the universe or God know, I no longer wish to be tied to this person in this way. And I want to release that. You can just do that. For me, I like to see. I need to see the stuff. (laughs) I need to write it down. So, and then it's all about building yourself back up from that. But like visually, I like to see or write down and say, I no longer wish to be tied to so-and-so in this way because of this. So that way, you know exactly why and if you can't even if you can't articulate it just I no longer wish to be tied to this person they're toxic and I can't deal with it boom that's a good enough reason (laughs) Mm -hmm. that was a full sentence period on that yep (laughs) okay I love this conversation so let's (laughs) jump into the viral topic for the show okay Okie dokie. <laughs> so this segment is a tweet, a meme, anything in between that gets the conversation started on social media. So I'm going to read a few like quotes and things I pulled off of Twitter and Instagram, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. And I listened to your podcast before this and I was like, oh, she about to be lit. Hold on. Let me go find <laughs> some good stuff. <laughs> okay. So the first one is sex is a sacred exchange and energy trade be careful who you share your space with don't sleep with the devil expecting to wake up in heaven ah uh, i agree kinda Ooh. <laughs> i love the kind of what's going on because i am spiritual but also slightly ratchet so <laughs> i love some toxic sex because <laughs> The best sex I ever had was with the most toxic person I ever known. (laughs) But from professionally, (laughs) like, like, like grown me would say sex is most definitely an energy exchange. Um, You are, I mean, they're literally inside you. How much more intimate could you be? Mm. Especially raw sex. Um, you can't do that with everybody physically or spiritually because STDs and also because that creates a tie to that person. So say you've been having unprotected sex with someone and now you wish to cut that tie. You can cut them off from you physically, but now spiritually, you have to sever that tie that was created by having unprotected sex with that person. So I don't know. I think low key, like fucking the devil would be lit <laughs> because it's the devil. But 
I, that's just me. I think I've overthought this. <laughs> I think uh, I watched Lucifer. I'd hit that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes to Lucifer. <laughs> He's fine. He I would so hit, I, Listen, I'd hit. Like, I don't get... But, like, seriously, yes, sex creates a tie to someone. Um, yes, having sex with someone that is toxic will probably more than likely unless you are like uber super duper protected bring that toxicity into your life so if you're having sex with someone um that is toxic in any way you are opening yourself up to said toxicity so i i i like 85 percent agree with that meme (laughs) i love it so how do you how do you like protect yourself spiritually because sometimes you know we we be having sex with toxic people and not even knowing it or we do know it. And, you know, like you said, like, I, I like it. I'm gonna keep doing it. Uh, well, always I am a proponent of safe sex. So mm-hmm. use condoms. Um, sage. <laughs> sage yourself. Masturbate before you meet up with that person. Because usually once you rub one out, you're like, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I recommend if you are still going to go through with it, if worse comes to worse, masturbate first and see if you still feel the same way. Um, but definitely um, utilize crystals, utilize your sage, say your affirmations, if at all possible, don't fuck them, even though it's probably going to be bomb. Um, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> That's my main advice. But you can protect yourself the same way you protect yourself from any other form of negativity. Protect yourself that way and always, always, always use the condom even though that is at minimum going to keep you from getting most STDs Mm -hmm. and like being a visual person, guess what? You're not technically physically touching inside of me. So maybe you're not exchanging all that negativity really depends on how you look at it. Right. I love that. Okay. So let's move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. The quote is, Stop trying to drink, smoke, ignore, and fuck the pain away. Face it, feel it, and acknowledge it. Some of you are only physically in the present. Your every response, reaction, is, and fear is coming from your past. I agree. That one I can get behind. Um, because especially our generation, or not even necessarily our generation, this younger, what are they, Gen Z? Mm-hmm. Um, these Gen Z, you know, the ones born in like 95 <laughs> until now, mm-hmm. um, a lot of them, and a lot of, I think a lot of the younger people in our generation to quote unquote medicate themselves in order to cope with things that they should be going to therapy for or, you know, meditating and doing yoga and taking better care of their bodies to make those things not happen. I think, especially in people of color, it's kind of a, it's still considered a taboo to seek therapy or to feel feelings, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not allowed to be upset. We're not allowed to be sad. We're not allowed to feel, at least not openly, um, especially our men. It's like they can't cry. They can't be soft. They can't be intimate, at least not in public. Um, and definitely not with each other 
you know, they can't even, you know, hug, you know, they give each other like church hugs because they don't want their crotches to be close to each other. But I'm like, you're not gay. So I don't think that it's going to matter. Right. <laughs> like a whole nother dude can be close to you and you're not going to feel anything because you're straight. So <laughs> let it go. Um, I think that's a lot to do with like toxic masculinity and the patriarchy, but don't get me started on the, the intersectional feminism things. Mm. Um <laughs> it makes sense yes i feel like we're um like you said gen z millennials we're in um a time where we just want to numb instead yes. of doing uh doing like you work. said exactly doing the work because at the end of the day it's hard like mm-hmm. even doing the work you feel like numbing. You're like, oh damn, all this unpacking. And then you feel right. like maybe you're at the end of the road and oh my God, look at that. 10 more things that I need to unpack, you know? Right. And it's, it, it gets hard, but you got to think like going to therapy and just even just not even getting like to a psychiatrist to get medication, but just going to like a psychologist and talking that out allows you to kind of organize your thoughts and then to be able to find proper coping mechanisms so that you don't have to drink drug which if that's what you choose to do recreationally cool but it shouldn't be your way of dealing with or coping with things that are going on in your life that makes it unhealthy to me I mean it's all unhealthy technically but you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) and when it gets to the point that you're dependent upon that to make it through your day or to survive certain things that's when it's a problem. Um, I feel like one of the things that I'm always saying that about that I've just shut up about now is weed. So like, if you have to be high all day, that's, See, that's, I agree. I agree with you there. Um, I think a lot of people, like I know people that smoke and they're like, I smoke because I like how I feel when I smoke or I just enjoy smoking. But also, I've seen you on days where you don't smoke and you are a wreck mm-hmm. <laughs> when you could be, you know, way better if you just didn't smoke or if you did smoke, but like go to therapy. <laughs> right. I just really wish people, more people, even if you don't think anything's wrong, still go to therapy just to have a therapist to talk to that'll help you organize your thoughts. And I don't think most people realize that because, again, with the culture now, well, now it's starting to get better. But, you know, 30 years ago, going to therapy was taboo. So mm-hmm. I think we're still growing into getting used to that and acknowledging mental illness as an actual thing instead of just something people were like, well, ain't no wrong with you. You can pray about it. Right. Some things you can't pray yourself out of. You really need to go talk to a professional that can help you learn how to cope with that or help you figure out what medication will help you get through your day. Eh, I like it. I still like that me. <laughs> you might have to send me that. I might need to post it. <laughs> I will definitely send that to you. Um, not to backtrack, but you said something that I found kind of interesting and I don't know. I It, it was a, I, I don't really have any other thought behind it but I kind of wanted to get your uh your thoughts on it I don't know if Mm -hmm. uh you're like on Twitter at all Twitter is like where I think I see all these things about like black men and black women just like going at it and being Mm -hmm. like well it's your fault because this that and the third and no well like 
you're doing this so that makes us do that and i'm like yep a lot of this is just unpacked stuff things that have like been ingrained in us that we don't like Mm -hmm. on a subconscious level and also on a conscious level that we're just like drudging up and i'm just like i just want to be loved by a fine black man right doing the work (laughs) you know (laughs) right and i think um there's so much behind i mean being black in america you've Mm. got slavery jim crow the current environment so not only do we have and then you've got religion um (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you've got all of these things that have been creating all of these stereotypes and all of these you know all of those kind of things working in the background and ways to separate the black man from the black woman and divide up the black family and kind of pit each other against each other when really we need to be coming together. But there's so, and then you have to think there's like sexism, um, the patriarchy, all of that as well in play. So you have, you know, black men or black women even out here that believe in a lot of those patriarchal structures. And then you have women like me where I meet men all the time and then once they get to know me they're like I can't fucking deal with you because you don't submit you don't do this and I'm like it's not that I don't submit I don't submit to you because mm. <laughs> you're not mm. worthy of being submitted to Ooh. you don't make me feel comfortable enough to submit to you to allow you to lead because you have not shown me any leadership qualities and then that goes back to how you were raised because I've had men that were like well I can't date you because you're a single mom Mm. okay but you know I have a bad mouth I'm sorry if I cuss we're like okay bitch but you were raised by a single mom so (laughs) what's your point (laughs) you were raised by a single mom and then your mom got married when you were a teenager you had a stepdaddy for like three years and you moved out so (laughs) make that make sense but you can't date me because I have a kid fine because once somebody it's once somebody indicates that me being a single parent or just me being a free-thinking black woman is the issue for them I cut them off Mm -hmm. I don't care how fine you are I don't care how good the dick was I don't care at that point because you've now indicated that you have disdain for my child we are a package deal if you're in my life to the point where I trust you enough to be around him I'm gonna need for you to like kids and I'm gonna need for you to like my kids dating (gasps) a mess but (laughs) the ghetto oh child (laughs) (laughs) so I think um a lot of that is attributed to all of the things that black people have been put through. And then you have um, different aspects from religion. Like, you know, I still, I have an issue with people getting married and then I have to change my last name to your last name. Like I'm still property. Like it's the 1600s because that's basically what that was. Mm -hmm. The man paid a dowry to your father to basically buy you from him. And now you belong to him because you're his property. I don't agree with that. I would love to have a wedding. I want to dress up and be pretty and everybody take pictures of me, but I don't think I actually want to be married. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think a lot of it has all these kind of things that are in play with, um, you know, the oppression and, and kind of digging, all of these things are digging their claws into our people and preventing us from coming together like we need to in order to kind of rise up 
past where we are now, um, especially in America, but around the world. Because, you know, racism is still alive. Um, sexism is still alive. The patriarchy is still alive. Hoteps are here. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, there's a lot to it. But also, I think it has to do with the way people were raised and then people don't like to be called out on things. People can't agree to disagree or people can't look past things that they can't agree on in order to still work together. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, that's the main thing right there. I don't have to agree with your religion or your politics to still be able to work with you to achieve certain things. And I think that's a major issue for it right now. I 100% agree. I feel like there's, like you said, there's so many things. It's like I'm I'm being pulled in so many different directions. Right. Because there's, there's just, it's a lot. It's a lot being Black in America, whether you are a man or a woman. And it's like. Yep. <sighs> and I completely agree. The Black woman is the least protected mm. in America. People find ways to argue about that. I'm like, these are facts. Right. Black women are, we're angry. We're unattractive. We're, you know, we're loud. We're this and that. But I'm not angry. Or if I am angry, it's for a reason. <laughs> right. I'm not just generally angry. I have like resting bitch face, but I'm really a nice person. It's just um, all those stereotypes getting perpetuated and then people not doing research and people not judging other people based on their character. And they're just like, oh, black dude, he's scary. You know, clutch my purse. Mm-hmm. Oh, black woman. Like, I have purple box braids in right now. I've literally had somebody be like, oh, I thought you were going to be ghetto. Why? Because oh, of your wow. hair. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Sandy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> bye. <laughs> now I don't want to talk to you ever again. <laughs> I'm dead. That's yeah. that's another thing, though. Like, I feel like not only like black women wearing colored hair, but dark skin wearing women wearing mm-hmm. colored hair, like, is mm-hmm. totally different from when a light skin uh, black woman does it. Or yeah. my, you know, purple's my favorite Jenner. color. Why can't I have purple hair? Girl. I don't understand. <laughs> Why can I express myself and just have it be that? Exactly. It's uh, it's so deep. Like, we could talk about this for hours. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Okay, so I have one more quote. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> it says, are you extremely sexual or is sex the only time you allow yourself to let go and connect with someone? Are you extremely sexual or is sex the only time you feel loved? Are you extremely sexual or have you used physical connections to mask a lack of self-esteem? Let me see. How can I word this? Um, I have, like, I've went through periods where I didn't want to date, but I wanted to have sex. Mm. (laughs) So I don't, like, things that I consider intimate during sex, like eye contact, kissing, stuff like that for me is a lot. That I do, like, I'm more likely to do those things with somebody I have feelings for. So if I'm not dating right now and I want to have sex with you, I won't do those things. Don't kiss me. Don't look in my eyes. <laughs> so I think, um, like, again, our generation and this younger generation have intimacy issues. And it's because our parents were raised by the generation that was 
you know, children are meant to be seen and not heard. Mm. You know, do as I say, not as I do. And then that do what I said because I said so instead of do what I said because this is going to this is what's going to happen if you don't. (laughs) I always give like the reference like my son, like when he was little, I caught him like trying to stick a fork in the the plug socket thing on the wall. So for me, my immediate reaction was don't do that. His first Mm -hmm. question was, why not? Do I say because I said so? And then he does it anyway because I didn't tell him what's going to happen to him if he does it. Or do I say because you'll get electrocuted and have to go to the hospital or you might die? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm probably it it makes more sense for me to tell him why, because then his little brain will be like, I don't want those things to happen. I'm not going to do that. Then I don't have to worry about him doing it again. I think that is a part of it. So, um, like, these kids are disconnected. We're a little disconnected. You've got to think our ability to socialize has completely changed because of social media, because of cell phones. We no longer have to go knock on our friend's door to see if they want to go outside and play, and we talk in person while we ride our bikes through the neighborhood. We now can just shoot a text message. Mm or send a snap on Snapchat. We don't have those intimate bonds with our friends, with our family anymore. So I think that the main way people our age connect with each other is through sex. Let's match on Tinder. Let's have a one night stand. And then I don't have to see you again. I don't have to worry about trying to build anything with you. Whereas we should be not doing that. I guess. I mean, I don't care what you do. It's your business. But we should be, you know, hanging out in person with people. We should be touching people, not like being weird. But you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) hold. you can hold hands with your friend. You can Mm -hmm. hug your friend. I should be able to lay my head on my friend's shoulder and her not think anything of it because we're friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think we don't have that. We have you know, I mean, there's people out here that's scared of their own bodies. So I could only imagine them trying to be intimate, like actual real intimacy, not romantic or anything like that, but just being intimate enough to hug someone or hold someone or lay on someone and talk to them. I couldn't imagine like people nowadays just want, let me hit it and then I got to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they don't have that connection. So, and then people get intimacy and sex confused because for me, those are two different things. Mm -hmm. There's intimacy and there's sex. And then there are things that I consider very intimate when they happen during sex. (laughs) So I think people get those words confused and that's a lot of that confusion. And then we aren't able, we haven't, we weren't raised to be able to make those kinds of connections now because of how we were parented Mm. what so I want you to explain a little bit more like the difference between like intimacy and like having sex because you're right like I I I think some people are confused like myself Mm -hmm. included uh, included sometimes like there are times when um like it's really easy to like romanticize sex and make Mm -hmm. it into something more you know so okay there's sex and then there's intimacy right Mm -hmm. so intimacy sex is a intimate thing I don't want that to be confused 
But the difference is you can have sex with someone that you don't, that you aren't intimate with. You can have sex with someone that you don't have feelings for, but you can be intimate with someone you don't want to have sex with. Mm. If that makes sense. I think that's the main difference. Um, Like I can, you know, have sex with someone just because I want to have sex and not feel connected to them, even though sex is creating that energetic tie, because I know how to cut that tie. But I can, you know, be intimate with my best friend because she's my best friend. And being intimate is me, you know, I can lay my head on her lap or lay my head on her shoulder or we can, you know, lock our arms up while we're walking somewhere, things like that, that are considered intimate. You wouldn't do that with a stranger. Mm -hmm. But you would do that with somebody you know and care about. So sex is sex. And then there's things that are that I would consider intimate during sex. If I'm having sex with somebody that I just want to have sex with, I don't want to look at you. <laughs> don't look at me. Don't look me in my eyes. Close your eyes and don't kiss me. For me, kissing is very intimate. Mm-hmm. And you, it, it might sound weird because literally it's a penis inside of a vagina that sh- that is probably the most intimate thing you can do but you know part of being a millennial is i can disconnect from that lucky me um <laughs> but <laughs> i think like kissing and eye contact during sex for me were things that i did when i was in love with my partner when i was in the intimate relationship whereas you know back in 09 when i was in prime whole phase I was out here, you know, doing what I was doing. Wasn't no eye contact, wasn't no kissing, ain't no rubbing, ain't no foreplay. Let's get to it and then you can go. I feel that. I received that. That that makes total sense. Yeah. So I think there's differences. They overlap. Like there is no black and white. It is a large gray area. Mm-hmm. But there's little minor differences that um, kind of separate it and make it into two different things. So it is what it is it's confusing but it's not <laughs> so girl you could say that about like anything today that's right. what, that's what, oh, <laughs> so <Right>. annoying <laughs> oh my god well i want to thank you uh for talking to me i feel like there was a lot of gems i'm over here taking notes um, <laughs> why don't you tell everybody where they can find you Okay, so like I said, I am the host of the Love, Sex, and Magic podcast. I am on all of the socials, or most of them, Um, Instagram. My podcast is lovesexandmagic.co. My personal page is Brie Renee Writes, and that's B-R-I, Brie Renee Writes, um, on Instagram. And my page for Facebook is the same, Twitter personal page, Brie Renee writes, um, podcast page, love, sex, and magic po, because I couldn't fit pod. (laughs) (laughs) So um, basically, you can find me there. Um, You can always shoot me an email, lovesexandmagicblog at gmail.com. Like I said, I do sell um, metaphysical things. So if you need crystals, I hand make jewelry, um, all of that. I do the things. <laughs> <laughs> Your girl got a Patreon. I got a, a cash out, whatever. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like <laughs> my pay- patreon.com slash love, sex and magic. 
podcast. Like I'm out here, like I'm trying to make it. My goal is to become a digital nomad and be able to homeschool my child and travel the world Hmm. so that he can grow up learning about, you know, the real shit and not the shit they teach you in school. Okay. So I love it. I appreciate you. I appreciate your podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) there are not enough black and brown women talking about their experiences so Mm -hmm. um if you guys get an opportunity definitely check the podcast out well that is all for this episode of toxic (laughs) so fun having you thank you great bye bye Thank you all sincerely for listening. You can find me on Instagram at ToxicAFPod or on Twitter at EllisThePoet. So definitely slide in my DMs or at me to let me know what you think of the show. Bye for now.